Hello, and welcome again to Fat-Free Film. I'm Joel Marshall. And I'm Kamala Lopez. And we are here today with Tana Frederick. And Tana, um, hello. Hi. And uh, tell us, uh, you have a new movie coming out, right? I do. And just before I say that, I just want to say that everybody out there should know that Joel and Kamala are this brilliant comedy team who will keep you laughing for hours. So if you ever have like an idea about a show or something, you know, a, a comedic like morning show, they're brilliant. Well, thank Just you Just had much. to do that plug. Sorry, I've been laughing. Unintentionally, but I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we don't quite see the joke just yet, but uh, maybe we will. They don't think they're funny, and I probably just insulted them. But no, that's, no, you know, no. it's all good. <laughs> so your, your movie so, is, is called Hollywood Dreams. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Henry Jaglum. Yes. And I've seen it, and, and you really give a remarkable performance. Thank you. And some of the reviews are talking about, I mean, which is really unusual for an actress that hasn't been in big movies and people don't really know who she is, but they're talking about Oscars and Golden Globes, and that's very exciting. It's, it is very exciting. I can't, I'm stunned by it. Um, I, you know, Henry and I set out to do a performance that, of course, everything that Henry does is, you know, he wants to be spot on and meaningful. But I think this film really, we prepared for it for two years and I sat just watching old 1930s and 40s films for a year and a, and a half and just really thinking back and dredging up all of my memories of all my roommates who I lived with um, while I got moved out here and all the people's couches that I slept on and all the actors who I had in my acting class who were my family and my best friends for you know for my struggles through like five years and I just thought about them thought about their emotional relationships with you know saying having to say that they couldn't be with somebody because they you know it, they the other person didn't understand understand um, their their lifestyle and having to say I can't come home for Easter I can't come home for Christmas I can't come you know and just sacrificing everything that they had all the love and the relationships that they had for a dream just for following a dream and it's it's heartbreaking so this is really an ode for me to my my actors my fellow actors because um, I, I mean it's it's a it's definitely a my friends times 200 but it is you know it is it is just a lovely a recognition and acknowledgement of what they've gone through and i really wanted that to come through in the movie um so i'm glad i'm, I'm glad that people are saying it's uh it's getting oscar nods because it is or it, i mean it's just actors deserve that we deserve that we are in the, essentially like you know, we are like orthodontists. We are like we are like lawyers. We are we go through ups and downs that every profession does. Except that we are actors, and we have to put that out in front of there. And we are the ones who are willing to show and wear on our sleeve our emotions and our disappointment. I mean, we just we have to. We have to. Our body is our craft, and so. Um, so I think a lot of people also are shocked by this and saying, you know, oh my God, I can't believe what this girl does in this movie because the characters, you know, kind of mercurial and and um, desperate. But I think that it's true of so many people in so many professions, and 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 so as actors, we kind of, you know, we get it. We get not necessarily the best rap because we're willing to be there and to 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 show what's what's on our surface. Can you give us a little idea? We we talked with you probably about a year ago when yeah. um, Henry was editing the film. 
Um, and we talked a little bit about this, but I want to get your perspective on the development of the film and how you developed the character and where you began and then where it took you. Um, well, I hustled Henry for, did I say that in the, the one before? I don't know, but let's, let's just go ahead and repeat ourselves if we have to. All right, you got it. Um, I was in, I was waiting on tables and doing a lot of odd jobs, you know, passing out Pepsi samples in parking lots and wearing little hot shorts and like little, you know, bikini tops and passing out cigarettes in nightclubs and, and waiting tables and then doing a play on top of that. Most actors can relate to that kind of a situation. And my friend came to rehearsals and he said, I just filmed this great movie with Henry Jaglum. Um, I was in a scene for a day and I'm so happy that I filmed that with him. And I'm like, who's Henry Jaglum? He said, one of the most brilliant independent directors ever. And he said, you know, if you write him a letter and you say how much you love his films, you'll, he'll cast you in a movie. And I thought, well, golden. So I wrote him, I went home that night, I wrote him a single space, three page letter about how much I love Deja Vu. You know, I had, I had training from college about, uh, you know, a thesis, honors thesis paper. So I was really descriptive and, you know, just saying how much I loved it. And then I ran it into the office the next day and he ended up calling me and saying, well, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? I don't understand. What did this mean in the letter? But he did call me and we kept talking for about two hours and then he finally invited me to a screening of Festival in Cannes. So I went to Festival in Cannes and um, met him and then a little ways down the line, Henry said, you know, you remind me of this character Noonie, which I had done at the Actors Studio. It was a play that I had done at the Actors Studio um, with Harold Clerman and Leith Strasberg, done the first, um, first half and the second half in front of those two and workshopped it there. And then... Um, that you had done with Harold Clerman and Lee Strasberg? No, I'm Henry sorry, that Henry, Henry okay. had done with Harold Clerman and Lee Strasberg. And then he had um, turned that into his first movie with Tuesday Weld and Jack Nicholson and Phil Proctor. And he said, you really remind me of this character. Why don't you take this play and see what you can get get done with it. Nobody's played it for 30 years and you'd be great. So um, he, he said, you know, just take it, do a scene from acting class. I was in the Beverly Hills Playhouse at the time. So I thought um, with the encouragement of, you know, the Playhouse and being a desperate actress, I thought this is a play by Henry Jaglum. I have gold here. I am going to go get this done and produced. So I went around to 30 different theaters, shopped it around 30 odd some theaters and finally found a theater um, and got it produced. It ran for four months through Camelot Artists and um, Henry came to every single show. <laughs> and I starved myself. Yeah, it was really interesting watching him too because as a playwright, he is completely meticulous about every line in the play. He actually sat through every single performance, wrote down when I said the instead of a, when I said, you know, when I made it plural, what, he wrote down, so I have notes for four months after every show, which I mean, that's passion. So that was great. That's very interesting, especially considering on the set of his films, he has actors improvise quite a bit. Yeah. Then, so what did he do with these notes? Did he rewrite the play? No, he was just correcting me as far as not saying my lines right. Well, that <laughs> seems to be a contradiction of his whole nature. It's well, fascinating. No, I mean, it's the difference between a film and a play. Yeah. And you would think, you know, uh, Henry, because he is very big on just let actors go. Let them do what they need to do, you know, and, and they'll probably say my words better than I could anyway. Oh, no, he was not like that during the play. I mean, he would... <laughs> 
pull me into the bathroom in between the first and second act and be like, this monologue was not right. You completely twisted everything around. You can't do this to my play. So it's fascinating. It's fascinating to watch film directors. I'd like to see, pick out a couple more film directors and see what like Soderbergh or somebody would do directing a play because they turn into an, an entirely different animal. And what did the director have to say while he was doing that? Well, the director was Kim First, who handled it beautifully. She was a brilliant director, did the play just flawlessly, and she she kept her cool. She really held up to working with Henry. So he asked me, through seeing the play so many times, to um, star in the next movie. So over the next year and a half, he began writing the movie. We finally had a 134-page script. Um, you know, he, used, he uses bouncing-off points. Research, um, I researched a lot of old films, like I said, because um, we planned on this girl having an ideal of the Hollywood scene being the 1930s and the 1940s. So I was reading every biography I could get my hands on and studying all the great actresses and actors and just really letting my body get into this sort of big act acting that 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 period embraced and um and uh henry was writing the script and asking me some stories about experiences in hollywood which he he did end up writing some but mostly he drew from a lot of his friends too you know he's a master storyteller and he had been wanting to make a movie about fame since 1970 something with jack nicholson and i had read this in jack's book and henry had forgotten that he had said this but he was i, I pointed this out to him and i said look at this chapter and you and jack and henry was trying to persuade jack to do a film on on uh, on fame and why people seek out fame and the desperate needs of actors and jack was like nobody will ever watch out we can't make it you know is totally not going to sell. So, so he's this has been sort of you know brewing in him for for a number of years. So he really just took off and wrote this story. And then we watched. Um, we really were influenced by uh, Star Is Born, and um, and also uh, um, Star Is Born and All About Eve. And then we we wanted to create that sort of modern view of those two stories combined, along with my own interpretation of Hollywood when I first got out here from Iowa I thought wow I feel like Alice in Wonderland and there's all these crazy personalities in the movie you know with with like the Mad Hatter being Zach Norman and you know Queen of Hearts Karen Black and so we we tried to really get it into this storybook um kind of 1940s old movie feel and uh and then we filmed it definitely did that oh that's great thank you yeah thank you so now what is, so you're leaving for New York. Tell us a little bit about now um, the film is finished mm-hmm. and it's been reviewed. Um, are, are you doing festivals or are you releasing it? Is it a platform or how, how are you going about the business of getting this movie out there? Mostly I've been traveling to film festivals everywhere that I can. Um, obscure little film, film festivals and larger, you know, uh, film festivals. Because I just, it's, it's so important when you're an independent filmmaker, I think, um, to, to really get to the people, to reach out to everybody, you know, and really get out there on a grassroots level and just talk about the film and just see all the fi- people who, you know, you can't, you're, that's your base, that's your foundation and that's your cell. Is because, and you don't have a larger budget so that you can go to huge premieres. You just have to get out there and be with the people. And people, film festival circuit is an amazing thing to do. It's my first experience with it, but nowhere have I experienced more love or support or openness or curiosity or intelligence, you know, with with really 
studying a film and divulging themselves and just going on the ride with the film. So, so that's been really fun for me. So I've been doing kind of back-to-back film festivals, but um, we premiered it in Los Angeles and now we're going to New York to premiere it. And then I have, we're also premiering it in, uh, or having it at a film festival in Wales and Israel, which will be fun. And it's going to run in theaters for four months. Tell us where, uh, what theaters we could see the film in. Um, they're land, land, no, landmark is the rest of the country. Lemley Theater is here. So there's one in Encino. It'll be at Sunset 5. Um, there's also one in, um, uh, I'm forgetting the, the other well, ones. Okay. Pasadena, Pasadena, and there's one more, uh, Santa Ana or Santa Anita or something like that. Okay. So there's four. We'll post it up on the. Thank um, you. Site. Sorry, I can't be more. That's I don't great. know what theater is. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about the film festival that you started? Yeah, I started a film festival after going to my first film festival, which was Ashland with Henry Jaglum and taking the film there, um, which Joel Marshall's film was in and was incredible. Had an incredible response. He's a very talented filmmaker That's and actor. That's great to hear. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, you know, this is such a great place. Ashland was just this magical sort of city, and I felt that Mason City, my hometown, had that sort of magic in it. People who are intelligent and hungry and, um, and not, you know, glitterized by this sheen of Hollywood, you know, superficiality. Not that Hollywood's superficial, but people are used to seeing films out here over and over and over and over. So I wanted, I thought, this is great. I called up a a man named Dick Shino in Iowa that night at about three in the morning, and I said, we have to start a film festival. I will bring filmmakers out. I will get you great quality films. And it was this huge smash, and everybody was just so, we took Hollywood Dreams there and premiered it. Um, There were 600 people in the audience audience who ended up giving me a standing ovation twice which just made me ball I mean I had my preschool teachers there and everything but but mostly it just revved up this community that doesn't have that access to that to filmmaking I mean you think when you're in the Midwest well I don't really have an opportunity to make art and to make films and that's the sort of fallacy that comes you know with living in the Midwest because you can now you can get a digital camera you can make and and it was great we had high school students putting together feature films and putting them in the festival and then they were there in the festival with brilliant films like yours and with all of these you know it was just different levels of of films and so many people who were happy to see them so it was it was just magical experience it was an absolutely magical experience one of the things i want to point out is that camilla edited that film that showed uh of mine uh called coffee clutch oh you did yay (laughs) not only can she decorate houses beautifully (laughs) I've never seen a house like this. If we can just get oh, this is not our house. No, this is a this is a set. (laughs) Oh, this is a set. I've never seen a set like this, Camel. A very expensive set put up by Fat Free Films. (laughs) So Tana, tell us now. Okay, so this movie. What are your plans? You finished another movie with Henry too, called Irene and Time. Yes. And then, um, so that's in post-production. Yes. Do you have any sort of aspirations towards writing, uh, producing, or directing, or just staying with the acting for now? I'm definitely into the producing and the writing 
I mean, I with Henry, um, I really realized, you know, in this in this town, you you can make things happen. You can have your dream project, and if you are willing to take it on yourself, you know, there's there's nobody who you can blame for not receiving the kind of material that you want. You just have to make it happen yourself, and so. Um, and Henry's the, you know, he's the king of that, of, of having every single move under his finger. So I'm, I am working on three scripts right now, different ideas with people co-writing. I love, I love the uh, whole cooperation team effort that goes behind making films. I mean, Henry it was just a joy. And, um, and so I'm, I'm working with a couple other people on making films. And um, I have, Henry and I are actually developing the next film. We have two films. We have a, one called Queen of the Lot, which is a, um, a follow-up to Margie after she's been famous and successful, what happens to her. And then we have another one that we want to film in Iowa, which is very um, Jimmy, a sort of Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, about the plight of these smaller fa- farms amidst these commercial, big commercial co-op farms. And um, so that that's really where our passion is right now. And then also um, doing Henry's play uh, Always, which is was his movie that he made about his first um, marriage and first divorce. So that's been put in, he's rewritten that for the stage. And so that's what I'm going to be working on now too. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is the first interview that we've done that we've videoed besides uh, the ones that we did over Yay. at NAB. So um, we're going to do an experiment with this. We're going to put it up uh, in audio format and also in video. So you can check it out on our website and uh, see the video portion, or you can get it the usual way that you get it through iTunes or however you might do that. And we're using this wonderful new microphone. That's right. We have this great new microphone. It's called the HHB Flash Mic, the DRM85-C cardioid microphone. And it's really cool because it uh, records right to a hard drive that's in the microphone. And so, if you could see Kamala say we're using this great new microphone, you would want one too. That's right. <laughs> so we want to thank Tana Frederick for being on our show. Thank you so much, and I wish you so much success with this film. I don't think uh, you need my wishes because it's really a remarkable movie, and I, I really do um, suggest that all independent filmmakers and film lovers see it because it pertains to them and also... It's an example, as Tana said, that if you have a dream project, um, you can get it done. And that's what they did. Wow. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. So I want to sh- send a shout out also to Matthew Studio Equipment for being our first sponsor on our show, Fat Yay, Free Film. Yay! Thank you! So they will, be the, they will be the first of many, I'm sure. And uh, also to HHB for uh, providing this flash mic for us. And I'll be going to the Cannes Film Festival next week, and uh, maybe Joel will let me borrow the flash mic, and I'll see if I can grab some people on the fly. It's a very good possibility. All right, thanks for being here, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.